just prior to the Great Recession of 2008, nonprofit giving in the United States topped out at $330 billion a year. After the Great Recession, those numbers plummeted. And the late Jimmy Alford, famous nonprofit consultant of the Alford Group, said that it would take well over a decade for numbers to reach anywhere near that. And he was right. He listed six challenges they would face fiscal, how they raise money, keeping donors, how do they make themselves stand out, how do they measure their effectiveness, how do they build a solid infrastructure, how are they legitimate in the face of public skepticism. And how do they grow, make positive impact, and affect change in their communities? But what's interesting in the midst of all of those challenges, the nonprofit marketing guide found similar results during its query of 1,535 nonprofit organizations across the country. Among their findings, participating nonprofits ranked a lack of time to produce quality content as one of the biggest challenges that they faced. There's always going to be challenges of fundraising, of measuring effectiveness. But in today's climate that is so driven by social media, by web, by online content, by, by storytelling and whatever medium, producing content on limited budget with limited staff is crucial. This brave and creative podcast has been in the works for a while and has been an idea. And as we're in the midst of being quarantined and sheltered in place, that now is finally the time to make this happen. I've been in the nonprofit world for in some, some way for the past 15 years and want to begin to share these stories. Some of the greatest learning opportunities I have had are sitting down for a cup of coffee across the table from someone and listening to their story and, and hearing things and the ways that they've learned and through their experience. So what we're gonna be about here is, you know, brave and creative leaders are young and old, kind of every race, every gender, they're from large organizations, from grassroots startups, and kind of everywhere in between. Um, you know, some of these leaders are gonna be people that wear suit and tie. Some of these people are going to be wearing overalls. Some of these people are, are, are Gonna, gonna wield a pen, some a paintbrush, um, from all different types and, and walks of life. No two are the same, but, but all of them are vitally important. And right now in the midst of this coronavirus, this global pandemic, we are in, in a world that is in need of hope. Uh, and that we're gonna, we're gonna seek out people who are in the trenches, that are making mistakes, that are failing forward, uh, that are really making a difference and empowering others, finding a way to, to have impact in the midst of this time. So this first interview that we're gonna share today um, is someone who is an incredible, an encourager, who is an entrepreneur. This interview was actually recorded over uh, a month ago, about a month and a half ago, actually, before any of this was really much on our radar. But I believe the timing is serendipitous in that he is a gifted storyteller, community advocate. And so as we hear about these nonprofits that, that have said their biggest challenge is finding time to produce quality content, that's only gonna be expounded upon now in the midst of this pandemic and this crisis. So in this interview today with Gregory Hetty Coleman, you're going to hear from someone who produces content in his own vlog, on YouTube, across various social media channels, in person, through conferences and trainings. But I believe there's some great transferable principles about connecting with your community, with those that you care about, that those you're serving, and also finding ways in a system to make content and tell your story and what sets your specific organization apart. So I hope you will tune into this interview, learn from his life, his story, and can take that to your organizations that are doing such great work wherever you are. Let's tune in. All right, we are super excited today to have Gregory Hetty Coleman on the podcast. Uh, talked about this for so long. So yes. thank you so much. Uh, super excited for this conversation. Man, thank you for having me on. 
I'm excited about uh, your podcast. We've been talking about it for a while. Right, right, right. No, definitely. I, I love to love to see what you're doing and, and story sharing. And so, uh, thanks for joining us. We, man, I think we met way back in in 2013 or 14. It's um, been a long time. Yeah, I was at the uh, the animal sanctuary at that time, and um, I think through Instagram or something crazy that happens, and and. Uh, so, and your daughter, who's a great animal lover, yeah. came out and volunteered and helped. And, yeah. and so, I think we knew each other before then. Blue Seven. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There's yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. connection yeah, to yeah, what yeah, they were uh-huh. doing. Yeah. Uh huh. So, I think Caleb had introduced us. Or, or back back in the day, the great yeah. community work they were doing. Yeah. So, um, well, hey, you, one of the things I've always loved about you is the, the, your passion to share other people's stories mm-hmm. and to highlight the good that's being done. In various communities, especially in, in your hometown of Guthrie, America, yeah. but in other places. And so I would love to today, as um, this brave and creative community is really about uh, embracing the nonprofit leader as artist, activator, and disruptor. And that there's across the spectrum, there's all different kind of leaders, whether they wear a suit, whether they're wearing coveralls, anywhere in between, doing good work. And so um, you have been amazing at telling people stories and, and helping people kind of rally around that. So uh, today would love to hear your story mm-hmm. and what has shaped that. Yeah. So I'd love to go back even to like childhood, Hetty. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And uh, talk a bit about, talk a bit about that. Start there. Like, um, you know, where, where you grew up and, and uh-huh. uh, just a bit of who you are. Yep. So I grew up uh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And Guthrie's just north of Oklahoma City, about 30 minutes. Uh, it's the first capital of Oklahoma. We like to say that they came in the middle of the night and stole the, uh, the seal <laughs> and took it, back right. to, took it back to Oklahoma City <laughs> is what we like to say. But right. we really take uh, pride in being the first. Um, I grew up with my mother's family for the most part, um, and she had 12 siblings. Oh my goodness. And so there was 13 of them. I was the, and I was the first grandchild. So I'm the oldest grandchild. So I grew up as almost like the 14th child. Wow. Okay. Yes. And so, uh, in that there's a lot of us. So, and then you start having all of these cousins. So I grew up in a really big family mm. and in that, I think, uh, you begin to really understand the uniqueness of everyone like people mm-hmm. because you, you have to live with this so if you grew up in a family of one or two you're like okay yeah they're a little different right. but when you grow up in a big family like this you learn everybody's different <laughs> you know there might be some similar things that uh, kind of connect us and people know that we're family but we're all very much different and in that mm. uh it's just it's just come to me the uh, the power of understanding who people are and and they crafting their own story mm. And so growing up in Guthrie uh, with a big family, people began to know who you are because of your mm-hmm. family. And so they kind of associate you with your family. So some in that, and I'm thinking about this now as we're, we're talking, like I've never really <laughs> thought this stuff through. But in that, I think you begin to want your own story because now mm-hmm. everybody's associating you with this family. Right. It's like, no, I'm... I'm heady. Like, I'm my own person. (laughs) I have my own story. And and so uh, I think you begin to kind of see, like, oh, I want to kind of make my own mark. Mm. But still, at the same time, be a part of this bigger picture, which is uh, this this family. Sure. And uh, and so then... Quick, I, quick, don't forget you're saying a quick, pra- just practical question here, because I'm totally thinking this, because I, I was an only child, uh-huh, and so yes. kind of opposite of the spectrum here. Um, so was there a was there a bathroom schedule? Like, did there, was there a spreadsheet for the schedule? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so there was not, okay. and that, that probably caused some problems, because we only had one bathroom. Okay. One bathroom okay. with uh, with all these people in it for the most part. <laughs> uh, we had a second bathroom upstairs, but it was in and out. Like it didn't always mm. it didn't always sure. work. And so uh, so no, there was no real schedule. So it, it would be pretty chaotic. Okay. All right. You would just learn to get in where you fit in. Get you in, know? Get out. Yeah, yeah, get in or yeah. just don't take a shower. <laughs> you know, our bath. We didn't even have showers. We only had a bathtub. Oh, wow, right. Which is so crazy. I never wow. take baths now. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that's why, but I think most most people don't take baths. Like, do you, awesome. Do right, you okay. take baths? I, I don't. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So so anyway, I grew up in Guthrie, uh, and that's a little bit of my story in that. And then uh, left Guthrie, went to Florida for a little while where my father lived. Oh, okay. I went to college at in, at Bethune Cookman uh, College. Left there, came back, 
went to Langston University, and this is around when I'm around 25 or so like that, because okay. I had a period where I didn't. Then I went back, joined AmeriCorps after being at Langston for a year, joined AmeriCorps, and then you can't be in school. Mm. And this is kind of get to this place to where I really started uh, sharing stories. And, and so when I left and did AmeriCorps, I did literacy. Okay. So my focus was literacy. I was in downtown uh, Oklahoma City at the Literacy Council, which was in the uh, downtown library. Okay. And from that, I began to learn like how many people didn't read, hmm. uh, how common it was for people to be functionally illiterate, uh, and just doing research and learning all these different things. I was like, man, I want to really encourage people to begin to read. Hmm. And so I started doing uh, what we called We Tell Stories. Uh, I wrote a little book called We Tell Stories, and essentially what it was was uh, I would combine two words like frozen laughs, and on and so that'll be on the front of the T-shirt, and then on the back of the T-shirt it would have these little stories. Mm. And so we took those stories and put them into the book format, created this event called We Tell Stories, where we originally were encouraging people to read, but in that really getting people to come in and have this opportunity to share their story with one another, and maybe that story of like, what was your week like? Tell me a story mm. about your week. And, and, and from that, I understood that when people did that, when they began to share their story, we learned from one another, mm. we're inspired by one another, mm. and we connect. Wow. You know, and so, um, and, and from that, I just continued to kind of build this opportunity, create opportunities for me to help people get their stories out there. Wow, no, that's fascinating in that this, something that could have been singular in purpose you found a way to harness kind of from multiple aspects, from the literacy aspect, cultivating community Uh and and relationships. Uh Um, What what was it, do you think, about your own story that kind of brought that out? Because you're young at the time. You're Mm -hmm. still in your mid-20s-ish or or whatever, and that was a fairly long-running thing. So what was it about about your story, your experience, that that was about cultivating that? Yeah, you know, I would be lying if I really tried to just come up with something that said, this is why. <laughs> right. But, you know, sometimes I think people have callings and purposes in life, mm. and it just kind of comes out of your heart. And I think God just kind of placed that in me mm. to, uh, to, to uh, one, understand this is a way that you can connect people and reach people. Mm. And you sitting here with me today, and you say, hey, Hattie, I want to show you a story on my platform. Uh, from that, you know that there's going to be other people who's going to also see this that maybe not reach because they're going to know me. Mm. So now they know you, mm. you know. And so uh, I think in 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 sharing stories, I just know that there's this bigger opportunity to really connect people, and that's what it's all about for me is just reaching mm. people and loving them. Mm, that's so good. Is there something as you think back? Um, I know since then there's been a number of different iterations of maybe storytelling events or, uh-huh. or communities that you've helped curate, but maybe one specifically, if you can think back through the, we tell stories. Um, one thing that we really celebrate here is the, the diversity of different types of leaders. Yeah. And they're not always the loudest in front of the room. Sometimes the best leaders are sitting in the back corner processing, thinking, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, is there anyone that stands out maybe from any of those stories um, that, that had maybe a, a bit different style of leadership, but that was incredibly impactful? Oh man. That's been a while now. I'm not going to say your yes, age. Yes, that, that, that has been a while. You know, it may be. Uh, so I think I think oftentimes there, there has to be this team aspect to, to leadership. Mm. And sometimes you get the opportunity to be out front, and then there's other people who are part of the leadership scope or team mm. uh, that may not be out, out front. And those people are working very hard behind the scenes. Uh, for example, uh, my cousin Corey who uh, has always in some respect been a part of just about anything that I, that I was doing mm. in the early days. And I think his, his ability to lead was more so being a behind the scenes person and just kind of doing whatever's needed on mm. on a day to day basis. That's putting up chairs or our customer service or taking money. Like to me, those are the people who really without them, you don't have, we tell stories, you right. don't have the event. Right. And so those are the people who I think uh, not matter the most, but are kind of the unseen heroes. Like people know me because I get the opportunity to kind of have the face of the brand sure. per se. Uh, but it's people like Corey, my wife, uh, that 
um, I think those stories are some of the more powerful because we don't, I don't, I don't relate to that as much because I've always kind of been the front person. Versus, sure, however, I put up chairs and do whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, you mentioned that there, and one thing that anyone that follows you online and in pretty much any channel, you're very open about your you and your wife's relationship yeah. and how important that is. Uh-huh. You want to speak a bit about how you guys came together and and yeah. and how that uh, what that looked like? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I are both from Guthrie. Uh, she came. She moved to Guthrie a little later in life, maybe when she was like nine or, mm. or so. Uh, and then, so when we went to high school together, and she was a she was a freshman, I was a senior, so okay. I graduated. But her brother and I were still good friends, and so I was still around her uh, quite a bit just from hanging out with her brother. Okay. Her brother went to church with me, and then she eventually started coming to church. Mm. And again, we were already friends and knew each other. And when she started coming to church, then from there, we just kind of grew a, a friendship and a relationship. Right. And I was like, this kind of woman that I should marry. Mm. And so I asked her and she said yes. And so that, that was 16 years ago. Ah, so and awesome. then we have three children from that. But I believe, so I'm a person of faith. Mm. And I believe that a marriage is one of the greatest opportunities to be a witness for what Jesus and, and his body are all about and how, how you sure. love your how, because there's nobody who knows you best and you mess up the most with than your spouse, right? That's right. And That's so right. Uh, this is a great opportunity to love them despite right. everything. <laughs> right. I mean, everyone else sees the, sees the editing yes, and the music yes, and chop together, yes, but she yes. sees the yeah, She knows it all. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's right. right. And so, but I, I just love to compliment her and be open in public mm. about that. But at the same time, awesome. we're we're real people, and so we mess up and have faults. But I think we need more men celebrating their wives as much as uh, we possibly can, so young men can see that and understand that. Because I think everybody knows that everybody messes up, but sometimes we we don't highlight the good enough. Mm. And so no, I, well, like, well I love to do that with my wife. Well said. That's awesome. Um, thinking on, on, on what shaped you and who you are as a man, as a leader, as, as, a, as a dad, whatever, any, any different aspect. Is there any, um, any person that really stands out as a, as a mentor to you, maybe a teacher, whatever, just anyone growing up that, that really has left an indelible mark on, uh, on who oh you are? Oh my goodness. And it can be there, several. Can yeah, be there, several. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I would have to start with my grandfather. Mm. Uh, and so he he was practically my the father figure. I didn't meet my father until I was like nine or so. Okay. Uh, and so my grandfather, and then my dad, the role that he's played. My my father, my dad, my biological father, uh, is an entrepreneur, a, a, a hustler in the right sense of mm. the words. And so to be able to kind of watch him do his thing has has impacted me greatly because oh. he's not only a hustler on the for profit side, but also on the non profit side, meaning mm. that. He's going to be on the boards. He's going to start nonprofits to help impact his community. But at the same time, he's going to he's going to have this creative mind on how to make money, mm. but then also how to support those things. Be one of the, the biggest givers to nonprofits and things that he starts out of his own pockets, but then also rallying other people to come be a part of that. And so to be able to watch him do that has been amazing. And then I had six uncles, uh, and so all of them mm. have played some role in who I am. And then there's a, a another gentleman outside of maybe my best friends, uh, Michael Chandler and Jared Muse, but then Dan Newton, mm. uh, who was later in my life that I spent a lot of time with and kind of watching him. I, the first time I walked into his office, uh, I saw these plaques on his wall, like Citizen of the Year, Business of the Year, and <laughs> these things. And I was like, this is the guy I need to just stay around. <laughs> right. And so I figured out how I could spend some uh, osmosis. Some, yeah, yeah, I figured out how I could spend some quality time with him. And so we met at, like probably every Friday at 6 a.m. for the longest time. Mm. And uh, so those are some of the, the, the people who've probably, and there's been others, uh, that have made a, an impact on my life, but probably my dad in the way that he, my biological father, mm. in the way that he worked and kind of hustled. I feel like I have some of that DNA. Sure. But my grandfather being a pastor, a community leader, raising 13 children, mm. being married to my grandmother uh, for 65 years, mm. you know, before wow. she passed away, uh, mm. it's probably been no, definitely Those the some, unsung hero. Yeah, some powerful uh, examples uh, in your life. For 
maybe some some of the young leaders listening, or maybe they're just getting started um, in the nonprofit world, or and maybe not even the formal sense. I think there's a lot of people that just want to do good, that have that desire to do good in their community or or whatever. Um, we think are, are, are um, two or three people that they should really make sure they have in their life uh, to to kind of speak into them. Yeah, so I think spiritual mm. somebody who can speak into your life spiritually. Uh, if that's a pastor or a deacon or whatever, sure. whoever that can be in your life, because at the end, for me, far, first and foremost, I'm not who I am without God's word and mm. meditating on it day and night, uh, which when you do that, you begin to change the way you think, which oftentimes is a, a big part of uh, your is going to be one of the main driving forces behind your success is just how you think about things in life. Mm. Um, so spiritually, then second is probably somebody that can help you uh, mold your how you would go about doing your finances mm. or maybe even your work career I would put finances work and career right uh, right in there together someone who can kind of help you navigate that and speak into that and then I would say someone who is a, a community leader somebody who's just driven to or maybe a city city leader I'm, I'm mm. city community leader somebody can ha- kind of help you learn what it means to, to um, cultivate giving back mm. uh, in your community, in your city. So who are those three people uh, that you can be around maybe monthly or every other week or something like that to kind right. of speak and ask those kind of questions or just watch? Some kind of a uh, consistent. Yes, uh, yes. Consistent uh-huh. One of the things we do in, in Guthrie is we – I work with the Guthrie Junior High and we do a student council uh, – with their, I work with their student council – to bring in people from the community who can kind of talk about their jobs, mm. uh, how they how they how they play a role in the community, things like that. And so I just believe again, getting pe- getting them to share their story and what that looks like, mm. so these young people can hear it and hopefully gravitate to some of that, right. and, and and maybe jot down a note and maybe five, uh, seven, eight, ten years. You know, sometimes mm. it takes a long time before something clicks. Right. But I I love getting. Uh, people in front of students so those students can begin to have some type of idea of what it, it may look like to play different roles in their city because you sometimes you don't get all that at, at the house sometimes right so right so I, I enjoy doing that no that's awesome I, I just got an email a couple weeks ago of a conversation that I'd had with the with a young man literally a decade ago Wow. I had honestly I barely remembered the conversation and you know, he was sharing how it had such a huge impact on, on direction of, of his life and for him to overcome a, a, a challenge. And so we never know what those, mm-hmm. even a small conversation to, mm-hmm. to us, how yeah. impactful it can be. Yeah. Um, one thing, one thing I love as well that, um, again, a lot of times people do things that are trendy or they'll see and they'll do for a while. But I so appreciate about you, for instance, with like the handwritten notes. Yes. Can you talk a bit about why that has been such a huge deal? It's been at least several years that I've noticed, but probably before that for you, but several years I've noticed that a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what brought that on and, and, and the time and effort to continue that? Yeah. So uh, again, I think by nature, I'm an encourager. Mm. And because and I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm going to be the smartest guy in the room uh, the most eloquent. I don't think that I communicate, but what I, what I want to be is the most encouraging person. And mm-hmm. What does that look like? And, and sometimes I think just people getting a, a simple note of hello and how are mm-hmm. you doing? was just thinking about you can be one of the most encouraging things. And it just, it speaks to, uh, um, just somebody thinking about you. And so uh, I just like to be that person for people. Mm. And I found that it's pretty simple. It's it's simple, but it's hard to be consistent, Mm. but it's a simple way just to do that. Like, Oh my goodness. Since I've started doing that now, the handwritten notes that I've gotten, it's, Uh, it's crazy. mm. Right. And I think from that, again, sharing my story on social media of like, this is something that I do consistently, Mm. um, uh, has inspired other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got a I got a message maybe a week ago, a lady saying, "Hey, this year I want to start writing two handwritten notes a day," mm-hmm. 
how do you go about picking the people? Like, right. and then I think that's what she asked. How do I go about picking the people? And then how do you get the addresses? <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, so that's that's like, oh, they're thinking about how I get my yeah, address. What are the logistics. Of yeah, the logistics of it. And so I told her. Uh, so if anybody's listening and wondering, I I will typically send them to their job because mm. I normally would know where somebody works. That's pretty easy yeah. to get. But asking people for their home address can be kind of <laughs> a little less creepy than that. <laughs> hey, you mind if I? Because I send them to people I really don't even know. Sure. sure. Yeah, I send like oftentimes my notes will go to somebody. See the note. Yeah. It's, it's good. <laughs> awesome. Or also the a way that I do it is I ask other people who mm-hmm. do they know that needs a handwritten I've note. Seen, yeah. And so that's been a a, a great that's way to really do that. Cool. So I try to send out a thousand. This year I wanted to send out twelve hundred. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So okay. that, So I have to send out at least three to five a day. Wow. Well, that's yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the end of the year how, yeah. how close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every year has so. been a thousand. Last year I didn't get as close. The year before that I got nine. I don't even know why I'm bumping it up. Thousands are hard. Sure. Yeah. yeah thousands are hard. That's a lot. Uh, and so uh, twelve hundred. So we'll see. Okay. All right. We'll be we'll be watching for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So one thing I've also noticed is that. Numerous times ran into you in various things through nonprofit events, Ignite OKC, some faith community stuff, whatever. Um, but I've never had a conversation with you where I thought, he's having a really bad day. <laughs> and I know that there's some days that you have really bad days. So what what do you do on those days? to to walk through it and, and and you do you are the most encouraging that's you're 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 hitting that you're and with your wife's support your family support like you're great at that but what are you doing those days when it's not and you do maybe feel i don't want to say pressure but there's some in public you want to be an encourager to others so during those times what do you do behind the scenes to 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 take care of yourself and to 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 walk through that yeah so this is so I always typically like I always I, my wife always says I say typically too much and I'm catching myself <laughs> saying this, but I would uh, when people ask me that I always say why don't you ask my wife that mm. because I, for me I don't know if I have bad days mm. I mean like, I can't think of a day where it's like oh man this is a bad day for me <laughs> okay. unless I've messed up but then really it's not a bad day <laughs> I messed up okay sure sure <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and then from so in that what happens when I say I messed up it's kind of like well I'm gonna learn from this or mm. how do I go back so now it's really not I don't have a bad day it's like man I get an opportunity to learn to learn yep okay. and so and I or I get an opportunity to uh uh um just remind myself how much I need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need some help every yeah, day. Yeah, so it's either that, yeah, yeah. like, it's really, like, uh, just an opportunity to learn, or it's just a, it's another great opportunity for me to uh, know how much I need Jesus Christ in my life personally. Mm. So I don't know if I wake up bad days. People people ask me that all the time. Okay. Now, I do have days that I'm tired. Mm. And so... And when those moments, I just really have to push myself because I want to be that person for people, even if I'm tired or not. Mm. And uh, that would probably be the thing is I get tired, not so much bad days, but mm. tired, a messed up day uh, are probably the two things. Not mm. a bad day. I don't remember having, I don't. I can't recall a bad day. Like I can't recall in a very long time that I had this thought of like, man, I'm having a bad day. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I, and let me just say yeah, this. No, no. This comes from, again, like really for me as a person of faith, just being consistent in God's word. And, and mm. that's not saying that people are not consistent in God's word and mm. have bad days, but I just think the way that I look at God's word, like so Philippians 4, 8 is a verse that always comes to mind. It says, think on things that are good, perfect, honest, beautiful. Like, mm. and so there's this, there's just always this thought of like, man, I stay in that, in that vein of right. things. And so... uh so that's been my 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 trick to if you ever wonder what, how I do it that's that's how I do it. Yeah, no, that's beautiful, uh-huh. and and I think it's a good reminder to, for for all of us uh, in the faith community and, and those that you know might not might be out of that, but that we're finding that thing that 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 is is 
true and beautiful and, and that is renewing yeah. to us and positive. Yeah. Because there is. I mean, there's the good, bad, and the ugly of social media. I'm totally for it. It, it, uh-huh. it does so much good, but there is. There's. You can also find negative stories and, and things, and, and the news is kind of bombarded with that and clickbait and all these things. And so making sure that we are you know, renewing our minds and, and, and having those kind of positive voices too uh, mm-hmm. in them in the midst mm-hmm. of that. So. And I don't think that means that you're not aware of reality. Like there's bad oh, things definitely. that happen in life and things like that. It's just that's I just kind of take them and look at them. And you can find whatever you want. So if you want negative news, you can go find it. I just choose not to. Somebody was talking to me about something the other day. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, well, you need to go watch the news. I was like, well, that's probably the reason I'm not watching. <laughs> yeah. really, and, and oftentimes, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. You know, and so why yeah. even? There's stuff I can't even do about my own job. Like, right. people come to me, and I'm like, I want to, but at this moment, I can't even do anything about that. But maybe down the road, we can. We can address it. We can make a note of it. Sure. Uh, but because oftentimes, there's probably, do you have the money to do it? Do you have the support of all the people to do mm. it? And so you have all these things. I ran for office. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned from running for office is like, man, these are gr- these are probably some valid things that people would bring to me. Mm. And in right. my little experience of kind of learning the process and things like that, I was like, but at this moment, we can't change that. Right. Let's make a note about that. But people don't want to, you know, like, no, we're not making, we're going to just change that. Hey, well, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah. you, so why not have this mindset of like, okay, let's 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 let that be a part of our future story and start mm-hmm. working towards that, versus thinking like that's gonna happen right now when it's right. So, what in the meantime can I do? I can make a difference being kind to this person, helping this person. Can write I'm a note. Do these, yeah, right. Yeah, write a note. Uh-huh. All, all these things, and, and those things literally change the world. Um, small ways um, each day and mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. um, one thing I, I remember seeing um, several years ago and I honestly don't know exactly your role in it but I believe it was called Love OKC yes. or kind yep. of a, can you talk a bit about uh, about that yeah so Love OKC was started by uh, North Church okay. uh, and what it is is there was there's a few different aspects to it there is the student conference where the students would go out into the community and they would paint houses for free. Mm. And there was a, a time there a few years in a row, like it was 15 or more houses wow. that they would go out and paint. Then there's one day, and one day is like in August or September where you just bring in thousands of people and you provide them with medical care, family portraits, haircuts, mm. all these great th- things right. that they typically could not possibly maybe not get. And so it was one day of that. And then there was Love Week mm-hmm. where we would send people out into the community to go serve at a nonprofit. Mm. Then there was uh, foster care that we, we supported. Wow. And so Love OKC is essentially just what what you would think is the opportunity to go out and love your, your city. Love your city. Mm-hmm. Were there nonprofits that were part of some of those groups? That oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So North Church started it, but you would never know mm-hmm. unless you were really close to it that North Church was the That's ones perfect. behind the scenes leading it because there's so many other entities and organizations that make it all happen. They're part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, I think you just, North Church was just the, the, the behind the scenes. Yeah, sure catalyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's beautiful to see when, when you have kind of these, public and private partnerships or, or faith community and, and outside community, however you want to say that, but all coming together just for the purpose of, of helping. Yeah. Um, and it's not an ideology or this or that or whatever. And people of various backgrounds and beliefs come together and, and make an impact. And that's a, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. One question I'd also be curious about because, um, a lot of, People in nonprofit worlds, um, whether they're a large organization or small organization, uh, telling stories has to be a part of of what they do. Mm-hmm. They one they want to they want to share how to help people and and things, but they also need to communicate how their organization is specifically making a difference in that area. And one thing I'd like to see if you could maybe help pinpoint a bit is that you share all the time. You you're very much telling a story daily through your various channels, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. whatever, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I haven't once ever thought, man, why is he, why is he sharing that? You mm-hmm. know, or that it was in some kind of, um, 
egotistical way or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's very much just a natural, yeah. this is my life, how can I encourage others? But I think, there's a, I think there's a challenge there when people are sharing that it's, that it doesn't get caught up in that kind of a way, whether it's for an organization or for a person. Yeah. Um, so you have any thought on that? What, what might separate that uh, and, and that authenticity somehow? Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be based on the people who are sharing it. Mm. You know, I think you just have to have, have a place uh, in your heart to where it's like, I'm, I'm doing this and my intentions are to do good. Mm. And so part of me sharing my own story and everything and, and Everything, I, for the most part, when I share it, there's an intention of how can I connect. For example, I'm wearing red socks. <laughs> and, I, and I post about my red socks every, every not every day, but very often. <laughs> and I wear, I'm wearing them every day. And people will say, well, why do you wear red socks? The truth is, there's no real reason why I'm wearing red <laughs> socks outside of I just want to wear the same <laughs> red socks every day. But the reason that I post about it is because people begin to ask me and it gives me opportunity to connect with people. people. Hmm. So in the same way that I do that, I would think every nonprofit business and everybody it, it can it would use social media in order to connect with people. Hmm. And because the more you do that, that's how you grow your brand. That's how you're sitting here with hmm. me now hmm. asking me questions, mainly because of social media. Right. You and definitely. I don't spend every day together. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And so that's the reason I, I share about the, the notes. That's the reason I share about my interaction in the community, if that's mm-hmm. working with students or whatever the case may be. That's the reason I do it for church. That's the reason I do it for my family. It's like, how can I connect and, and create this opportunity for people to learn, be inspired, and connect? Awesome. So in the same way that I sit down with people and do interviews based on this, this go win and how I define it, and, and how I say you produce the greatest story for your life mm. is the same way that I live my life and why I do social media. Do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? You mentioned, so we, the first half here, we've talked a bit of your history and your story and, and what's been shaping there. I would love to talk to anyone that's spent any amount of time with you or texted you or whatever yeah. has got to go in uh-huh. um, from you. So uh, can you speak a bit about just the kind of the key key principles, uh, key principles of that? Because I think it'd be really valuable to uh, people on a personal or organizational level. Yeah. So uh, go, go win started with a hashtag. So again, I'm an encourager. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, how can I encourage people? Would be so I started mm-hmm. using this hashtag go win because everybody knows what it means to win. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what it means to go. And so sure. like people literally think, okay, I'm going to go win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people started asking me like, what does go win mean? And so I, be, I created a definition for it. And I define go in as continuing or starting those things that allow for you to achieve the wins you want for your life in order to live your greatest story. Mm. So that's the that's, good. that's how I define it. And then people were like, okay, a definition, but is there more? And so uh, I created a workshop around it to where I could help uh, individuals and organizations mm. go in. And so the the way that that looks is how do you get people, first of all, to sit down and write out what those wins are. And I do that through what I call a superhero list. Okay. So I say write down three to five things that if you achieve them, it would create this thing in you that you would feel like a superhero. Like it builds mm. this confidence in you. You, you know, wow. and, and that could be crossing the finish line and doing something like running a marathon mm. or it could be having a great relationship in your marriage. So mm-hmm. what, and then in that, once you define those wins, then you got to discover your goal and the goal, or what are those right things you need to be consistent in, in order to achieve mm-hmm. those wins? Okay. For example, I just got back from Arizona working with about 550 students. A portion of those students came to my session. Uh, we talked about what are some wins they want for their lives. I gave the example of there was a win that I wanted for my life when I was in high school and that was to play football. Mm. So I wrote that down. I wanted to start uh, my senior year uh, as a football player. Mm. Then I said, that's my win. Then I asked the students, what do you think are some right things that I need to be consistent in in order to achieve this? Mm. Exercise, eating healthy. (laughs) And they start naming all these different things off. And I feel like in life, in everything, it's the same thing. Mm. Oh, I want to grow a successful business. Well, what are the right things that you need to be consistent in to do that? Now, when I start asking people about their story and sharing their story, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like when I'm listening in and trying to be better at asking the right questions 
So now when they're sharing their story, other people can listen in and learn, oh, that's what they were consistent in. Mm. And I talk about the right things is something that you discover, right? So the way that you lose weight is through the keto diet. The way that I lose weight is through the Mediterranean diet. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? But we both got to be consistent in it. Now, my mom is listening to this podcast and she's like, oh, let me try the keto diet. That might be the right thing that I need to be consistent in to achieve the win of getting healthier, mm. losing weight, lowering my blood pressure, whatever. Mm. It's the same for whatever organization. What are the wins you want? You want a better culture? Mm. What are the right things that you want to start creating in your organization to mm. produce the culture that you want? Wow, that's good. That's good. Is the um, is there the, there was a there was a period where you were CEO of the of the chamber. Here, yeah, here in Guthrie, mm-hmm. um, and I know there's various organizations and businesses, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be have to be through that per se. But is there uh, any nonprofit that, that you've noticed through that or other times that was just r- really great at, at storytelling or kind of caught your eye in, in that way and in, in um, kind of portraying their their message and what they're about? Yeah. Uh, so are you? So you're asking me, was there a, a organization or business that was part of the chamber? during the time that I was working with it, that I felt like, man, they do a really good job of uh, sharing their story about who they yeah. are and, and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. You know, I would, I'm trying to think somebody um, that does that well here locally would probably be. So I, I would say this, the uh, Guthrie public schools. Mm. So we had not passed a, a, a school bond in a number of years. And so, um, we did that uh, maybe four years ago was the first time that we passed a school mm-hmm. bond. Four years ago, whatever. It was a large, and it was a large. Yeah, yeah, large, yeah it, was it was a large, decent yeah. size for our community. Mm-hmm. It was a decent size. And I think during that time, uh, Dr. Simpson and his team, the superintendent, uh, Dr. Simpson and his team did a really good job of sharing the story of the future story. Mm. Like this is the story that we want to see for the school. And this is why. And it, I think they did a, a really good job of that, uh, during that time. Uh, and so I'm trying to think who else that I think, uh, tipsy artist. Okay. Tipsy artist is, a um, a, a local business here in Guthrie that she brings in people and they paint these different, different yeah, people are very familiar with it. I think that she does a really good job on social media, sharing her story and what they do, uh, and just kind of letting people know about our brand. Yeah, I don't know what they're about. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just just two more two more questions here. I so appreciate your time. Um, can you talk a little bit. You you kind of joined the team and made possible by. Yeah. Uh, and I've uh, admired their work and what they've been about. And so, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of tell us a bit about that, what it's about, and, and what you all do there. Yeah, so Made Possible By is a, a, a software company, tech, a technology mm-hmm. company that helps people save time that want to do good for their city. And, and the way that we help people save time is that oftentimes somebody will come into a business and they'll request a sponsorship for something. Mm-hmm. And that business owner, maybe their one or two man shop, now have to take 30 to 45 minutes out of their work day mm. to kind of listen in and let right. this person tell what and, and, and make their request. We give them the, the opportunity at made possible by to say, Hey, um, go to my made possible by page and apply, fill out that application. Mm-hmm. Then I can get back with you. I can look yep. over all the information, what you're communicating to me. So we, they give them their made possible by page. That person goes and apply. And then that business owner, can now at any moment block out time to go back and look at the requests that were made mm. uh, from them. And so we give them that platform uh, to be able to do that. But then also, once that has happened, once once the sponsorship is approved and those people go out in whatever it is, Little League football team, mm. they can send back photos to that business owner for that business owner now can take that story of doing that good and put it on their Made Possible by page, which we hope entails uh, gives them an opportunity to let their city know we're for you. Mm. Because me personally, like I'm more likely to go shop somewhere 
that is giving back to the city. Mm. Like, so if I have two coffee shops in my community and one is giving back more than the other, I see like, oh, they're always doing something in the schools. They're also doing something, mm. whatever. That's where I'm going to go. Sure. I'm going to go get that's my money there. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm going to support that. And so, and now recently we, we created, we're building a community called For Your City. And we're asking any and everybody to go to foryourcity.us and just join the community. Mm. Uh, because we know that, again, going back to the storytelling thing, the more people we can get telling the story or, or, or sharing somebody else's story of doing good, mm. the more we're going to be able to encourage people and inspire people. Uh, and so we want to do that. No, that's exciting. I think especially as nonprofit leaders, what I made possible by is so exciting is that there's so many times that as, as um, in the nonprofit world that you, you do, you have to approach people for mm-hmm. funds mm-hmm. and for support. And so when a business owner has taken the time to just sign up there for made possible by, they're saying, one, we want to support our community. Yeah. We want to be about that. And it's an open door. There's so many times you're having to search for an email. You're having to try to meet someone yeah. cold, walk in there yeah. in the midst of their day. And so it's such a such a nice thing to just be able to get on there for that initial contact. And then down the road, there can be coffee. There can be whatever. But it's that initial foot in the door to even have a conversation. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And, and um, it's you know privileged to, to meet Mike Zerden several years ago, the, fo- the founder there of, of uh, Made Possible By. And uh, was in the corporate world and has done yeah. some amazing things and yeah. now is choosing to, uh, to try to do things to, to help the community too. I love that. So last question that I was really curious about. And uh, if people, um, and we'll, we'll have uh, links to all your social media and things on the show mm-hmm. notes, but you're kind of all over mm-hmm. and your schedule seems super packed. And yeah. I think that's there's probably a number of people listening that have that same uh, the you know same same schedule. It's yep. crazy. How do you how do you manage that? How do you schedule your day? Balance that with time with family. When you find time to read, I often see you you know talking about whether it's the Bible or, or other articles or things. You tell us just kind of a snapshot of of a, of a typical day from maybe morning routine all the way through. And if there's any apps or a system or notebook or whatever you use to kind of keep track of things, would love to just hear that whole thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't do as good a job as I want, but let's just let's just talk about the systems that I have in place. Sure. So the goal is to wake up at 430. Wow. And uh, when I wake up, I have an app called Productive. Mm. And in the Productive app, it has things like uh, read Bible plan, uh, look at focus verse, floss and brush teeth, mm. uh, cardio, write three to five handwritten notes. Mm. And that kind of guides my morning okay. and then I go in there and I check those things off mm. and then I also in that I look at my uh, calendar in Asana which Asana is my to-do list and that's kind of how I track mm-hmm. my podcast my stories all that stuff right. and then of course my calendar kind of what is on my day uh, and that's kind of how I, I go about guiding my, my day this 2020 actually my word for the year is less mm. So recently, uh, I also use a full focus planner. Okay. And then with that full focus planner, uh, I've just kind of outlined all of my monthly commitments, weekly commitments, let's say monthly, bi-weekly, and weekly commitments, and even daily to see how many of those I have mm. and have began to kind of, um, rem- let's remove some of those uh, because I I still, I'm just trying to get to a place where I can share as many stories as possible, uh, and also serve my church well mm. and uh, grow uh, grow this community of people doing good. And so, I'm just trying to get to that place to where it's like, okay, is this all, does this go back to this? What does that look like? And so, sure. or who who do I know that could partner with mm. me on doing X Y Z? Because again, I just want to do less in order to do more. Wow. That's awesome. Would you have any kind of final message to those uh, this community here that is doing good in various ways, various organizations and communities? Any final message you would have to them as they go about their work? Yeah, no, I, I think there'll be a selfish plug of, and, it, and it's really just about everybody. It's just going to foryourcity.us and mm. being a part of that. Yes. Uh, because I think the more of us that are, are, are sharing the story of maybe not only us doing good, but others are doing good. Mm. The, the 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 we're gonna win. Yeah, you know, uh, I think 
I, I, I truly believe that together we all win, community wins, all of that. that. And so let's continue to grow that and come be a part of that. Definitely. It's a yeah. t- tidal wave of good that's building yes, up. Yes, uh, yes. Beautiful yes. thing. So definitely we'll encourage that. We'll put that in notes as well. Foryourcity.us. Yes. Um, that's exciting. Uh, well, Hetty, thank you so much for your yes, time. Sir. Thanks for sharing your story. This is good. Um, and th- this is going to be an encouragement. And we'll look forward to following the rest of what you're doing. Subscribe to Hetty's YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Yes. Want to build that up. Yes. <laughs> thank you. We didn't even talk about that. We, I need more subscribers. But then I, I got to produce the content too. But it's fun. I enjoy it. No, it's one of my favorite things to do, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, and yeah, ch- check out his social media. You do greeting as well as a new thing <laughs> last year that kind of came on here. Matt, don't start bringing it all up. You're gonna <laughs> overwhelm me. You're overwhelm. Oh, well, check out his page. Headygreets.com. But no, for man, nonprofits listening. Uh, oh yeah, yeah a great, be- great thing to to your events. Yes. Uh, brings an incredible positivity and, and welcome to it. So, um, well, hey, so good to talk to you. Wish you well, and uh, we'll catch up down the road. Have a great week. Yes, sir. Go in. It is always a pleasure to catch up with Hetty Coleman. He just has a contagious enthusiasm about him and just been at events, and he just raises the level. Just people as they come in, are excited they're smiling and just just that kind of a guy so we so appreciate his time and um, if you'll visit braveandcreative.com we'll have show notes there links to all his different sites and events Thank you can sign up on all the different social links where you can get connected to brave and creative uh, begin tuning in sharing your experience uh, someone you think might be a great story great interview uh, great links during this time when encouraging one another, supporting each other is going to be so vital. Um, so if you're if you're feeling down, if you're tired today, I just want to encourage you uh, to have hope today, to not give up. Um, we are going to find a way through this together. Um, so know that you are brave, that you are creative more than you even imagine. And we can't wait to talk with you next time. Have a great day.